Oh, good day, everyone, and welcome to the first edition for 2022 of the Weekend Wrap. Unfortunately, not a good news story for the Crows this week, but uh, it was a gallant effort after a slow first half. But uh, why don't we just get straight into it, shall we? everyone and welcome to the weekend wrap our first one as i mentioned for 2022 uh, thanks to everyone who's come along to listen don't forget if you are listening in on youtube uh, you can either chat to us on youtube if you like or you can join us on discord uh, we've got uh what's that about 10 in there at the moment uh, 11 and uh, growing and uh, as usual and for the first time in 2022 Gotta welcome Macca. How you going, Mac? Oh, no, well, not too bad, mate. A uh, bit disappointed about the result today, but you know, we just have to take it on the chin and wait for next week. Indeed, we do. Indeed, we do. Nikki will also be along uh, momentarily. She's probably just making her way back from the footy, I guess, um, but she'll be here a little bit later on to talk about it. Um, so. Let's get the let's get the promotions out of the way first of all, Mac. Shall we? Don't forget, everyone. If you want to support uh, the Crowcast, you can do so on AFL. Oh, sorry, Patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast. Uh, we've got some fantastic patrons on there already. A little bit more content this year, uh, thanks to um, our efforts with our community manager. So, uh, well worth getting along if you want to support us. Um, don't forget, as I said, you can chat to us live on the live stage in Discord. Um, the uh, link for that is in the description or else uh, on our Twitter profile page and on our website and everywhere else. Uh, you can actually listen to us or watch us on our website at aflcrowcast.com. Macca, it's just, you can access us everywhere, mate. We're everywhere. Well, because we're bloody good, mate. That's why. Uh- Unlike Rory Sloan today. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't too bad. Look, he wasn't too bad. He had his moment, but uh, he's not the Rory of old. No, not the Rory of old. Anyway, (laughs) traditionally, Macca, we uh, get into the weekend's results. So why don't we just hook straight into that, shall we? Because it's Macca's weekend results. Now, I've been slack, I've got to admit, I haven't prepared any intros or any music or anything like that. It's a very raw show tonight, Mac, so apologies for that. You deserve better, to be perfectly honest. You deserve better. Um, of course but, you uh, <laughs> but, uh, bad luck. <laughs> and Nikki's here as, as well. As long as I get G'day, my cock yes, Hello, there no, you go, the- Nikki, you know what? I couldn't find the Cockwomble music. No! <laughs> it's on a, it's on a hard drive part. somewhere. I, I will find it. I will get it, but I couldn't <laughs> find it. Oh, my God, where is it? And I ran out of time, so anyway. All right, this is Macca's show. So, Macca, uh, Thursday night, 
we had um, Carton getting off to a pretty good start. 101 to 76, Carton. 14-17 to 11-10. Miss one, one, mate. Wednesday. We had Melbourne versus the Bulldog. The bloody... How could I miss that? I didn't screw up high enough. All right, let's start with that one then. Melbourne 14-13-97 over the Doggies, 11-5-71. That was almost a sideshow in the end, but uh, a good win by the the Ds. And the game went very similarly to how the grand final went. Well, it did, didn't it? It was a rematch of the grand finalists, and it was a quality game, actually, uh, and with the uh, same sort of uh, momentum swing that the the grand final did. But, and as... in the grand final, Melbourne far too good at the end. They just, uh, they are a very good side. And they they had, I think it was three or four of their uh, backline players out injured. Yep. So um, that just elevates their win just a little bit uh, higher again. I have to think that Melbourne's going to be probably possibly the team to beat this year and the Bulldogs will be up there as well. Yeah, um, and of course, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this on Tuesday night, but of course, the Bevo show after the game, and uh, wow, the fall, fallout from that, as it turned out, was pretty horrific, so uh, uh, lots to talk about there, but we'll cover that on, on Tuesday night. Um, now, as I jumped the gun earlier, on Thursday, we had Carton, 14-17-101, over pretty listless sort of Tigers outfit, 11-10-76, good start from uh, Michael Voss and the Blues. Yeah, look, the Blues are far too good for what I would call a, a pretty ordinary Richmond side. I know uh, Caro had the audacity to say on Footy Classified that she thought not only would Richmond win this game, but they'd also win the flag this year. Oh, well, uh, yeah, well, if she knows where she can stick that flag. Um, they've, got, they've got no hope. But <laughs> oh, now you went it. you've gone early on Richmond before and been burnt, Macca. Nah, well, yes. Their last <laughs> premiership, you went early on them. Well, I've got scars all over me, mate, so I'll go again. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, the time is they got an early break. They got about 20 points up off memory. and mm. uh, uh, But after that, they weren't worth a crumpet, mate. Not worth a crumpet. Blue's um, got a bit of firepower out forward. And I've got to say, Mac, and we won't spend too much time on this, but uh, you and I differ in our opinions on uh, young Patrick Cripps. But in my opinion, I've been saying for a while that he's been carrying that midfield and been a lone hand and uh, carrying injuries and all sorts of stuff. Uh, what a difference it makes when they surround him with a couple of decent blokes. Well, they've recruited very well in the midfield. And over the last two years, they've added Kennedy, um, they've added Chera and now and Hewitt uh, from their respective clubs. And uh, that, you know, it's three very good midfielders to add there. Mm. Coming back, back in coming back to Cripps himself, though. Um, He's still yet to prove himself to me, Fiend. I mean, if you go back for the last two years, he only had uh, thirty plus positions, only twice in that in the last two years. So, you know, if we have one hot day at forty three degrees, and then every other day is nothing, well, we yeah. say we had a hot summer. So mm-hmm. he's still got to prove himself yet. He, he he did play very very well this game, and he but he, I won't change my mind on him till he does it every week. I can respect that, Macca. Um, and I look forward to having the conversation at the mid-year mark uh, to see how he's gone. Uh, Friday night, Collingwood, uh, 15-12-102. Uh, St Kilda, a bit disappointing, but they had a couple of keys out, so 12-13-85, actually tipped Collingwood on this one. I did too, and I thought they were a tickle too good for St Kilda on the night, mm. uh, 17, 17 points. They did get it out a bit further than that, but uh, St Kilda made a bit of a recovery. 
Uh, Nick Dacos, I thought, was absolutely outstanding in his de- debut, and he's a yes. very, very quality young lad. Um, to go, uh, doesn't seem to matter what he does in life, he can still play football. The uh, Lipinski was a very good uh, recruit for them. Lipinski uh, was a and, very good recruit for them, Mac. Very important yep. for them, I thought. And for St Kilda, I mean, the usual suspects there played very well for them. Plus Jack Hayes, you know, a ruckman that, like, pity we never saw him uh, and didn't have the opportunity to get him, but uh, yeah. you know, must be hidden away somewhere because we never yeah. took him. We we took Davis, you know. Well, we do, we do need a ruck forward, but... Uh, well, I do we, think, though? Do we, though? After him, how many ruck forwards do you want? Day, how many well, ruck forwards do you want? I want ones that can actually t- mark the ball up forward. Right, okay, that's good. So we should have maybe uh, done a deal for Berg or Frampton, or probably Berg because Frampton can play down back and uh, got Jack Hayes in as a rookie. Well, yeah, we, we could have taken him as a rookie because he was out there. He was no, he was tied to nobody. He, he, we could have taken him. I mean, he was best on ground in the grand final. But uh, he's had two really we, good seasons we, in the SNFL. Two really good yeah, seasons. Yeah, and we personally with Himmelberg and Frampton, we just haven't got it. So yeah, that just makes me sick. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with you. But there again, Mac, um, we had a lot of eyes on the SNFL this year, and no one really uh, at the Crowcast in terms of our own draft and trade analysis. And I don't think Jack's name came up once. So. Uh, yeah, I no. don't know. Hindsight's a beautiful thing, I guess. Well, St Kilda didn't need hindsight, but never mind. Well, they took a punt. Anyway, uh, today, uh, yesterday, sorry, Geelong, 20 goals, 18-138 to Essendon, 11-6-72. A thumping of 66 points, and I was a bit surprised by this. I actually picked Essendon at the G, um, but Geelong played it like a home match. Well, you and I are geniuses because we both picked them. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, we all thought Essendon would be uh, a pretty good team this year, and that the cap yep. would be aging and not, and you know, they'd be on the, the downward slide, and they still might be yet. Um, Essendon were very pathetic. In fact, the uh, I mean, Dangerfield uh, was played very, very well. Hawkins played very well. The usual suspects were Geelong played well. Then there weren't too many playing very well for Essendon at all. After half time, was a little bit more even, but. You know, the damage had been done, 10 goal down at half time. But, you know, they did have one shining light, and that's Nick Martin, who made his debut. And uh, he kicked five goals. He had 27 disposals. And uh, he was picked up, I think, in the preseason draft. So uh, that was a very good pick up again. So, uh, agreed. Well, 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 agreed. Um, the Cats just keep getting it done, Macca. I think it's almost time to. Uh, to give them the kudos they deserve. And I know it's very, very early in the season. Very early in the season. But well, we can, Fane. We can say that, they, that, you know, they're going to be around the place. But we, I think we could also say, quite frankly, they won't win a flag. They won't. Oh, too early. Far too early. Their style of play, their older players, they just won't win it. All right. Okay, that's two. You've gone the early crow on, Mac. That's uh, uh, Geelong are out. And uh, who are the other one? Richmond are out. So that's yeah. good. You've already narrowed it down. Excellent. Um, we also had uh, the Swans getting up uh, by 20 points in the end. Sydney 17-10-1-1-2 to the Giants 13-14-92. Uh, 
another one I missed out on. In fact, uh, Saturday wasn't great for me in t- terms of tipping after a good start. Um, the Swans were very good, I thought. Yeah, I, I picked the Swans because they're very hard to beat. But um, these were two good sides playing, and uh, I, I did really enjoy the game. I, I in terms of watching footy, um, I always in, uh, enjoy watching Sydney because you always get 100% effort and GWS have got some quality players. I always enjoy watching them and I did enjoy watching this particular game. Um, yeah, it was a good game. Very good game. And, you know, one of the highlights to me was the fact how Davis kept Buddy down to one goal. He did a, did a great job on probably the best game I've seen Davis play for years. So, yeah. Uh, looks, actually the end, looks fully fit for a change. Um, yeah. Phil Davis. But in the end, Luke Parker, he had the uh, put the Riley on the wall and he kicked five goals up forward and said, thank you very much and we'll yeah. take the win. And, yeah. and so they Unexpected. did. Um, and the late game on Saturday, the Lions uh, doing us all a favour and getting up over the power after the power had control of that game for long periods. Brisbane 11-14-80, uh, Port Adelaide 10-9-69. And um, Port Adelaide, I was looking in the stats, did not take a mark up forward in the last quarter. And uh, I think uh, Marshall, Dixon, uh, probably not so much Georgiades, but if Georgiades has to play a lone hand up there, they are in a bit of strife this year in terms of where their goals are going to come from, I think. Yeah, and look, somebody's posted in person in the, in the chat that they're pretenders they are. Uh, look, Port, they're a good side. They oh, are a few a good injuries, side. mate. Few few injuries. Like, let's not write Port off as well. Well, you can if you want, but I'm not writing I'm not, Port off yet. No, I'm saying they'll be up there. Uh, they could even be up there in the preliminary finals again, and I believe they'll choke again because I just don't think they have that little bit of an edge that uh, the quality players uh, that uh, either the Bulldogs have or uh, Melbourne have, those real, real quality Petrarchas and that, that type of player. They just don't have them. Yeah, maybe. But having said that, having said that, it was, it was a good game. I thought, um, and you're right. The result could well have been affected by the injuries in the game because um, Port they did had a suffer few quite. Keys. Yeah, yeah. A few key injuries. But, but having said that, I thought uh, yeah, both these sides they'll be around. They'll, they'll be in the eight, and um, whether they're good enough to get a flag, well, time will tell. But I don't think Port will. Right. Okay. And then today. Um... North let one slip, in my opinion. They were going great guns there for a while and then just fell in a bit of a hole. And uh, uh, they were going really well, and then they started to mess up their disposal, much like we did in the first half, and it allowed Hawthorne to recapture some momentum. And Hawks ended up 11-12-78 to North 8-10-58. So uh, I reckon Noble and the lads at North Melbourne would be disappointed with that one. Well, I think you summed it up very well. I haven't got too much to add to that, uh, other than the fact that uh, Sicily, uh, who only played one game last year, he had a great return. And Gunston, who played no games last year through injury, um, he had a good contribution with three goals as well. So, yeah, big um, rusty too. I he missed all... a few that he'd never miss, Gunston. They yeah. could have actually uh, could have had six. I, you know, I, I can see the Hawks uh, perhaps rising a few positions. I, people were talking about them being bottom. I don't think so. I think no. they they might be a bit, they'll be a bit better than that. Uh, and North Melbourne, uh, the thing I suppose the highlight there was watching Jason Horn Francis. Is he good enough to play? Yeah, he was okay. He is showed he good that enough he's, to play. What? I mean, no, I mean, let's let's uh, reword that. Is he up to 
all the hype that was on him. Jesus. And, I think he's good enough to play. Yeah, you know, he's good enough to That was the point I was about to make. He proved that he could play at that level. Yeah. Um, and, and I think after he's got a few games uh, uh, on his belt, uh, a few more notches, I reckon he might start really playing very good football. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to get used to playing half forward for a while. And you could tell as the game wore on and Hawthorne started to get more territory, um, Horn was uh, pushing up the ground a little bit more to try and get involved. Um, he's going to. He's going to. He's had two years playing senior football, playing in the guts as well as up like with cameos up forward, and playing in the graveyard slot there at half forward. I think it's going to be a challenge for him. And I, I wonder how long David Noble's going to wait until he throws Horn into the midfield rotations there. Well, he did have a couple of uh, little runs in there, and I thought that's really when he's best. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's where his spot is, mate. Um, and I think they'd be wasting time putting him, like leaving him at half forward. I think they'd get him involved in the game. They've got nothing to lose. He's played two years worth of seniors. He's he's fit. He's uh, talented. Just put him in there, I think. Um, and the yeah. last game, which is still going, um, uh, West Coast Eagles were up by a bit for a while, but the Suns are coming back. At the moment, it's uh, West Coast by two points, eight goals, 3.51 to the Suns, 7.749. So uh, I haven't watched any of that game, but it looks like it's uh, on for young and old down there in, in uh, Western Australia. Well, after our loss, mate, I didn't watch it either. No. <laughs> Toys are out of the I was so pissed off yeah. out of our loss. I mean, seriously, that last kick for goal, I think it was by Keys, in the last few seconds, I think it only failed by about six to eight inches to get over the line. So Yeah, um, I know. But there's a lot, there's a lot of other factors that caused the loss. It's a heartbreaker. Never mind. Uh, never mind. Well, that was it so far, and um, let me just uh, find the ladder here real quick. Um, courtesy, of course, of <laughs> AFL.com. <laughs> Uh, what have we got here? Let me just zoom that in so people can see it. Right, so as it stands right now, we've got the Cats on top, Melbourne, Hawthorne, Carlton, Sydney, Collingwood, Brisbane, Fremantle. Uh, the Crows, obviously, with the shortest margin at the moment, out uh, on top of Port, St Kilda, GWS, Richmond, North, Western Bulldogs, Essendon and Gold Coast. Of course, the latter means absolutely nothing in round one, but uh, I just thought I'd show it to you anyway. Right, so that's that bit done. Now, uh, normally I'd have a nice little intro and a and a you know a little graphic and all the rest of it. I got none of that. I got none of it, Mac and Nikki. Absolutely unprepared. Completely unprepared. Slacker. Well, you know, I don't care. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so let's have a look. I was just going to say, as as we said last year, it's part of our charm. It is part of our charm, and uh, it's not a charm that's going to go away anytime soon. (laughs) All right, look, uh, God, what am I doing? Right, here we are. Um, Yeah, right. The Crows, 12-10-82, went down by the Dockers at the death. 11-17-83, probably closer than it should have been. 
Um, the Dockers looked like they were going to kick themselves out of the game early. Um, but uh, bad kicking's bad football, of course, and they left the door ajar and the Crows barged through it in the third quarter and uh, early in the last, but just seemed to um, run out of puff a little bit and also uh, just their disposal under pressure uh, let them down uh, in the back end of that last quarter. Um, and also, I would have to say, Maka and Nikki, a little bit of... Um, Lack of leadership at times. Um, and I'm thinking particularly about that um, kick inside that Tilly did that got turned over and resulted in a goal to Frio. Cost the game. Cost the game. Yeah. And people people yeah, but- are having a crack at Riley. And, yeah, it was it was a bad disposal. But who was he kicking it to? I don't know. I'm comfortably sure it was Roy Sloan he was kicking it to. Well, oh, I can't remember. I can't remember because actually the free Fremantle player got it. So um, mm. it was just a but, ridiculous kick at that stage of the game. He had to go long and down the down the side of the ground. And yeah, I know. But, he, I know. But he said, "You know what?" Sorry, go, mate. I was just going to say, I he really pissed me off today in his whole game. Actually, for thought, um, I thought when he had that shot for goal in the last quarter too, he just did. It just didn't do that with any positivity about it at no, all. Nice. No. Yeah. You'd think a player of, you know, uh, 27 years... Oh, no, wait, he's only 19. That's right. He's only 19. He's still out there, mate. I know, but he's only 19, Macca. And you got to write a song in, for that. In that, in that half, in that, at that mark that he took, he took an excellent mark from the outlet kick um, um, out of defence, Uh at that point, there should have been a leader going over to him and saying, it's going down the line. Take your 30 seconds and it's going down the line. That's what should have happened. Well, well I do agree sim- with that too. And, any, and the fact that somebody even led to that diagonal, to me, is a breakdown in uh, communication and team rules because with a couple of minutes left, you're hanging on and you want to you knock down the clock a bit. Who's making that lead? Who's making that diagonal lead at halfback? Well, and if it's it a leader, fun. well, if it's a leader, they're going to demand Murray. the ball from a kid. Was it Murray? Was it? Yeah, it was Murray. In, 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 and, he, in, and he was one of the he was one of the few who was actually moving. Yeah, but it doesn't matter, Nikki. At that point, you're not worried about oh, movement no. at that point, right? I know. All all Thilthorpe had to do was knock it down the line, but all a leader in the team had to do was go up to him, settle the kid down and say, just kick yeah. down the line, there's no pressure. I do agree with that. Uh, that that should have happened, but in the absence of it, he, he still should have been thinking that way anyhow. Well, yeah, but it's a tight game. He's a young kid. Um, the pressure's on. That's what you have leaders in the team for, Mac. The One Good. of the reasons why they picked... Bloats like Sloan, or they, they justify their selection. We'll go through selection in a second. One of the reasons they go, they justify selecting these blokes is because they provide leadership on the field. And that moment there was a key moment where we needed leadership on the field. And where was it? It wasn't there. So why bother having a bloke like Sloaney in the team? Because he's certainly not getting much of the agate at the moment if he's not providing leadership. 
And that might be harsh on Sloane. He might not have been in the area, but there would have been uh, uh, Luke Brown or Tom Diday, Brody Smith in that back third that should have been around the kid going, just kick it down the line. So breakdown in leadership, in my opinion. And I don't blame Riley at all. He's a kid. Yes, it was a poor decision and he'll learn from it. Um, and it did cost us the game. Um, but uh, I would put a lot of the blame on the leadership group of the Adelaide Footy Club with that one. Oh, anyway, okay. that's, that's, that's my little rant. Um, okay, let's have a look. I want to start with team selection as we usually do. Uh, and I'll just zoom this in so that we can all see it. Okay, there was a couple of problems that I thought were inherent with selection, and the first one was the players that didn't get selected. Um, Cook, Berry, Gallant, uh, Scholl, who ended up being the Medi sub, all left out. We picked Wayne Miller, who hasn't played for two years. We picked Matty Crouch, who's had two practice games in two years. Why? And we picked Rory Sloan in the guts. So our centre bounce attendance at the first bounce was Rory Sloan, Matt Crouch, and I think it was Harry Schomburg. No. Was Keys. it Ben Keys? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. It was the slowest midfield we could possibly put out there yep. up against a fast Rio midfield. And we once again put in our slowest midfield. We got, we got torched. Uh, Nikki, you're picking up what I'm putting Watch down late. because because in that first quarter, the thing that stuck out to me and a lot of people that were on the chat and Discord today was how badly we were getting burnt on the outlet. Not only yeah. were we be, but getting beaten up in contested ball, uh, which you wouldn't expect from uh, Crouch and Sloan and Keys, but we are also getting sucked in, as we always do, and they were absolutely torching us, not only at stoppage on the outside, but also on transition. On trans, They rebounded off half-back, and they had players flowing through that centre corridor because our blokes refused to run. And that has been the complaint for how many years now with the Adelaide midfield? <laughs> uh, or, no, 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 one of our blokes, <clears throat> Matt Crouch, will run, but he'll run kind of in between all the players he should be covering. It's not decisive, is it, Nick? He, he can't decide which. I'll just keep jogging down towards the uh, defence whilst they run past me. Oh, I could have got closer to that guy to stop that overlap handball. Oh, too bad he's yeah. running and he's kicked a goal. Yep. Yeah. Um, PJ Crows mentions in the chat that Nick's reckons the players were too wound up at the beginning. I call absolute bollocks on that one. Um, uh, yes, they should have been up for the game, but they uh, the the first quarter to me was all about work rate. To me, it was all about work rate. And 100% the, mid- yeah. the midfield brigade, in my opinion, did not apply themselves properly um, and they weren't two-way running. And usual suspects, Rory Sloan, Matt Crouch. And I'm, why is it, why is it, Macca and Nick, that we're persisting with such a slow midfield in the modern era of football where speed of ball movement is paramount? Well, yes, you're 100% right. Um, Schoenberg was in there uh, in uh, quite a lot of the centre bounces. Um, and when he was in there, me pun? Oh, not he, he's got, not he bad, like, but not 
he's not a he's not a speedster, but he's not he's not bad. No, he, he's not well, bad. He not, yeah, but he looks like Grease Lightning compared to the others. Um, <laughs> and but uh, and I thought he didn't do too bad. But he, I thought his disposal was his problem. Uh, we'll he, talk. We'll talk about individuals in a minute, Mac. But yeah, yeah, you're but, right. Harry yeah, had a soccer. We yeah. we actually we actually did look better as a midfield at a set of bounce when you actually had it was Schoenberg Dawson and I'm trying to remember who the other one was. It was a keys. it was actually yeah, I think they actually put keys like left keys in there for that. And it was you're right, that's an actually better midfield mix, but then Dawson became our mix to fix it. Um well, and we well, pretty we put him everywhere. Well, we we played him across half back in the second half, of course. There are a couple of other um, selection issues. I'm a I'm a big fan of Mitch Hinge, and I'm so glad to see him back in the side. But I think he is a dead set half back flanker. The end. I don't think he plays high. I don't think you play him as a as a running wingman. He is a dead set run at the ball half back flanker, in my opinion. Agree. Agree. Yep. Um, Jordy Dawson. Um, I think it was a big ask to um, put him in the midfield rotations early. Um, he looked, took a little while and he looked far more comfortable with the ball coming at him in the second half. Um, but I just don't understand why they didn't pick Sam Berry. Um, I can kind of understand why they didn't pick Luke Pedler because it's a little bit sore, but he had a fantastic game in the twos by all reports. Um, but my yeah. biggest concern was why they didn't, why they picked Wayne Millerer on the back of uh, no preparation, no pre-season games, two years out of the game, and he's first. He's he's in the first twenty-two. What the hell is that all about? I totally agree. I was absolutely you know, shocked that he was. Well, and the way that uh, the coach was talking, you could see that he was going to be in it. And uh, on logic, I and and you've expressed logic. Um, you would have to give him a two or three runs in the in the twos to get him uh, up to the level where you'd want him to be. You're just setting the kid up for a failure. I mean, he's clearly not going to be match fit. You could tell that he was no. rusty. Why would rusty, you put him yeah. in that situation? And they might say, oh, well, he could re-injure his knee in the, in the twos just as easily. Yes, but he's still going to be ready to play in the ones. And he clearly was underdone. It should not have been in the yeah. team. I thought it was terribly poor selection. Um, I thought Jake Saligo was lucky. Um, I think there's a couple of lads that would figure themselves a bit unlucky. Uh, Barry, as I mentioned, uh, Pedler Cook was another lucky Gallant. I thought there was yeah. just, uh, there was a, a spot for him. To um, me, it's it's Cook on the wing, um, Gallant up forward definitely. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, he he can take Himmelberg spot. Well, we'll get to the individuals. But anyway, that was my thoughts on selection. I felt like selection set us up to fail in the first place. Um, and um, it, I wasn't overly impressed in selection at all. Um, so that's my yeah. two bobs on that. I mean, I th- I think they Barry was left out because they had Rochelle in because they like to play Barry off the half forward as well. But Barry is not a forward. He is a no, coal-faced midfielder. He's a coal-faced midfielder. That was going to be my next point was that they actually need to have the guts to drop Crouch. I don't care if he gets his 30 fucking possessions. Sorry for swearing, but it's. That's one in the cookie jar already. I'm going to have to come up with a graphic that knocks a $2 coin in the swear jar. 
Uh, but he slows us up. He absolutely he slows up. When we need to go fast, Crouch doesn't know how to do that. And he's never known how to do that. And that is not the AFL anymore. That is not how you win games of football, which is why no other club was interested in him. Yeah. That, well, there's a reason, isn't it? And the, the, that's the thing. We we uh, put him out onto the market in the off-season and there were no takers and we gave him grudgingly a, a, a two-year deal, I think it was, on you know pretty average sort of money. But then he's first picked in the side. Like, it's... He's not. He's not that player anymore. He may return to being that player, uh, twenty seventeen. Um, but you're right, Nick. The game has moved on a bit from um, guys like Matt Crouch, and like Matt Crouch at one stage had sixteen disposals at some stage of the match, three kicks, thirteen handballs. You know, I mean, the game doesn't work like that anymore. And I would imagine that a lot of those handballs were backwards. And I reckon the only time he actually kicked the ball forwards was when he mistakenly thought he was kicking the other way. So, yeah, agreed. Let's go through the team stats, shall we? Um, okay. So disposals, um, we had more of the ball, or we used the ball more, 359 to 313. Uh, 215 in kicks, 144 in handles, uh, compared to the Dockers, 175 kicks and 138 handles there. So we did try to move the ball by foot, um, uh, particularly in the second half, we tried that, you know, that chip, chip across sort of thing, which kind of worked. Um, inside 50s, uh, 48 to 55. Uh, Frio in particular had, I reckon at one stage there in the first half, they had a, a PJ Crows knocked this one out in the chat. So I'll just play dry G, PJ. I think it was a one inside 50 every five possessions or something or other. It was ridiculous. Um so, but it evened out as the uh, game wore on. Disposal efficiency relatively even, although we were shocking at times, um, particularly early and very late in the game. So, first half, uh, I think our disposal efficiency was down in the six, low 60s. Um, we ended up at 72. Um, I've, it just looked... The only... Frio had a bad patch in the third quarter where they started to turn it over a little bit under some... AFL standard pressure from Adelaide, um, but we couldn't sustain it. Um, free kicks, look at that. Free kicks, 32 to 16. It did feel like we had the rub of the green. Um, Except I'll, I'll make a point about that. Um, the umpiring this entire first round, the games I've seen, has been mm. deplorable, and it was deplorable again in our game. And even though we got those 32 free kicks and they only got 16, we actually should have had more. You reckon? Was, oh, yeah. Yes. You reckon? Yeah, but no, we shouldn't have had more. We should have. There were probably about 10 that we shouldn't have had and maybe five that we might have had. Frio could probably oh, say the same thing. We, oh, there, there was um, – so I watched a number of games this weekend and there was some very obvious, obvious favouring of one side over another in almost every game that I watched. Mm. Um. That started in our game. It was very much pro Frio. Exactly the same type of free kick was not paid. Um, and yes, they might have given us some, which was bit but it was in the back half. Exactly the same one in our forward half, not paid. That's the problem. Spend time, I don't want to spend time on the umpires. Um, no, because... I, I, my little is they weren't good, but we can't blame them. We can only blame oh, those. Oh, God, no, 32 but, free but, kicks to 16. Overall, though, they were deplorable the whole weekend. 
Look, I'm going to lay off the umpires this year because I just think their job's too hard now. I think it's too hard to officiate our game. Uh, there are too many things going on. Uh, there are too many uh, levers that the AFL wants to pull to, um, to you know, have their product looking the way they want it to, to look. Um, I, th- you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, a couple of them. I thought L and E was um, a bit off today, but look, I'm going to lay off the umpires this year because um, I just think another another group that are set up to fail by their employer. Yeah, um, well, I agree with Ben, ben because, you know, uh, after the match, although I was very bitter about the game, I never thought about the umpires at all as part of that. No. You know, I'm looking at the, all the things that we did wrong and that could have done a lot better, but that's where it all went wrong. Mm. Yep. All right, round stoppage. Um, Riley O'Brien got flogged, basically, um, even though Darcy, their main ruckman, was out. Um Riley's going to have to lift his game in a hurry. He was absolutely nowhere around the ground. I think he only took one or two marks around the ground and uh, comprehensively beaten. I, I don't have access, I don't think, to the hitouts to advantage that. But gee whiz, he was average. Uh, clearances 35 to 38. Uh, in the centre, we got slaughtered, as I think was obvious to everybody. Ironically, we kicked three or four goals from centre clearances. Um, but we just didn't get enough of them. Um, and Frio also kicked a few, uh, 16 to 9 for the match. Round stoppage, it was better, 26 to 22, um, but certainly we got towed up in the, in the centre. In terms of uh, possession stats, uh, contested possession, we certainly came back strong after half time. Uh, that number was down a bit uh, early, but uh, ended up 143 to 129, and that would have been the uh, message from Matthew Nix at half time. Uncontested possessions, 219 to 187. Uh, Turnovers, 61 to 64, which surprises me a bit considering how much we burnt the ball early. Um, Aerially, 92 marks to 73. Um, 12 marks inside, 50 to 10. 8 contested marks to 7. And in defence, 51 to 58 tackles, 9 tackles each inside, 50. Uh, 45 to 57 one percenters so you know um, not a lot there to be gained from the stats in terms of where the game was won or lost it just seemed to me uh, Nikki and Macca that it was ball well it was endeavour and work rate in the first half and it was ball use at the death yeah, well, the ball use at the debt was uh, we in the last quarter there. Well, I mean, we were in a winning situation, and um, if we had done the right thing with the ball and played it as we should have played it, I, I can't see why we would have not gone on and won the game. But a couple of venturous uh, moves that weren't wise weren't moves, um, and we've mentioned one of them, but there were more than that, and uh, we usually got we usually paid a penalty for it, and let them back into the game. I, You know, I really thought about six, ten minutes into the, the last quarter, we've got this home and host. And all of a sudden we started uh, not playing you know, the type of game we should have played to make sure it stayed that way. Well, and we missed a couple of key shots for goals we mentioned earlier, and the boys just tightened up, I think, and lost their lost their desire to run, whether that was uh, fitness. Um, any thoughts on the fact that, they uh, might be a bit heavy-legged early due to some Darren Burgess um, floggings on the track. 
That's possible. It is possible because I thought that, uh, uh, you know, we've been talking about the or how hard our blokes have been worked, but um, that could also, in the early stages, uh, work against you in the sense that, you know, you get, as you say, you get very heavy-legged in the last quarter. And uh, they definitely were running a lot better than we were in the last quarter, so it would surprise me. But uh, when you knew you put it the way that you did, that's quite possible that, in the first couple of weeks, two or three weeks, that might be a situation until it becomes the norm for them. Well, yeah, I don't think we're going to see any benefit from Burjo for at least 12 months, but what could have happened um, and may have contributed to the start, and I'm, I'm kind of clutching at straws here, but um, they may have had a pretty rigorous um, pre-season. I know that Riley O'Brien touched on that in my interview with him the other day, that uh, they'd certainly seen some differences with the way they're training. Um, and they feel very fit, but that can take a bit of a toll on you. So who knows? But anyway, no excuse. Now, before we move on there to the individual stats, uh, hang on, just, Nick. Just, yeah, just on that, there was a lot of stretching from our players at the start of the last quarter. Any yeah. chance they could get, they were stretching. So to me, I was like, ooh. Um, and that they do say, you know, if, if you're um, not kind of cramping or feeling it in the last quarter – you haven't done the work in your first game. You know. Smith did. Smith, he was cramping all over at one stage there. Yeah. Yeah. But P.S., how good was that smother? That was probably one of the best smothers oh. I've ever seen, that smother. That was yeah. so good. Um, just for me, the big difference was one player going off, being replaced by the medical sub, and that medical sub to me was the difference. When Frio got the run on in that last quarter, Scholl was sitting on the bench. When he came back, when he was on was when we were getting our run and actually that delivery into the forward line was a lot better. And when he came on for those last five minutes, he got those three big hits from Frio and he wasn't really a part of it. To me, that was actually the major difference. I thought... um... Lockie Scholl had a really good game, and as I mentioned, we'll go through individuals in a moment. I, I thought Scholl coming on actually forced Knicks to reconfigure, and that configuration actually worked better. Um, pushing, yep. pushing, putting Scholl onto the wing, and um, uh, I'm not sure whether it was Dawson that went back straight away or whether he went onto Hinge's wing first up. I'm not quite sure, but it just it he, looked he went, more balanced. He went on the wing. I know he went on the wing. I'm just not sure whose it was. Um, it looked better, and Scholl got some important touches late in that second quarter, um, and um, it did seem to look better. And Lockie had a good game. Anyway, before he we did. go on to that, uh, just a reminder for those folks that are in the live studio audience, we are interactive, so if you want to have your say on anything, please put your hand up in uh, the Discord audience there, and uh, we'll bring you on, and you can have something to say Um uh, about ev- whatever you like in the game. Um, all right, let's look at some individuals. Um, now, this year, Nikki and Maka and Faithful, where's my mouse gone? <laughs> I've lost my mouse. <laughs> um, we are actually going to be out. formally voting 54321. So, Nikki, I don't think I gave you the uh, heads up, but. Um, <laughs> While I'm while I'm carrying on about stats for the next five minutes, have a think about it. 
Um, we will be putting in our five, four, three, two, one, and we will be recording them. He says, as he reaches for a piece of paper <laughs> and, uh, we will be awarding a Crowcast best and fairest this year. This damn pen. I don't know. I'll find one in a minute. Um, so anyway, look, I'll go through some players. I won't go through them all, but I'll go through some players um, that had either stinkers or good games. Benny Keys, obviously, uh, highest, I suppose, a winner for us with 37. Um, they've had him up forward a little bit in the preseason. I just think he's an out-and-out midfielder. Absolutely. And that's the end of it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't think yep. he's anything else. Um, he tries his guts out. He works hard both ways. Uh, he gets the ball. He doesn't always use it well. He's not a, you wouldn't call him a, um, a guilt-edged midfielder. He's a workhorse. He's going to frustrate people. Um, but he, if you're going to play him, he's a midfielder, and that's the end of it as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, if he had 22 players all tried as hard as he did, you wouldn't get beat. Yeah. Um, also, like, he gets a lot of the ball on the outside, Mac, um, which a lot of people underestimate. He He's often second in the chain as well, and he's got the ability to break free um, from, from stoppage, which not a lot of our midfielders have. Um, so... For that reason alone, I have him um, as, a, as a midfielder rather than anything else. I just don't yep. see any value in anything else. Uh, Matty Crouch, as I mentioned, he had 30 touches. Um, what was his? Whoops. No. What was his um, hit handle ratio? Let's have a look. Um, nine kicks, 21 handles. Matty Crouch. Honestly, what's the point? Yep. Oh, some of them were okay. I mean, oh, um, no. If, no, if he's if he's supposedly our best at blue chip midfielder, no, he's not. Got, that's, I'm and that's not acceptable. But um, every one of his thirty possessions weren't bad. What I'm saying, no, that's good. not true at all. That's not true at all. I saw so many handballs to the feet. I saw uh, uh, handballs that missed the mark. He, they weren't good disposals, Macca, at all. They weren't. They were all defensive disposals. They were all. Some of them were rushed, and a lot of them missed their targets. I'm sorry, but it, it, that's not the case. What? Okay. What I'm saying is, even no, it doesn't matter. No, go on. Well, the point. The point is, yeah. Everything you say about Matty Crouch is true. He's slow. He holds the game up, etc. But there was probably about a half a dozen decent little bits of play in these 30. That's what I'm saying. And I, I would rather see Barry. Than I'm not, him. And I'm not saying I want to see him there. I'm just saying that um, we, we are tearing him to shreds. But there was some I'm not little bits. Him, of- I'm not tearing him to shreds. But A, he was underdone. Yep. That, that's obvious because the only time Matty Crouch has had a good season is when he's been completely fit, and that was in 2017 in his um, best and fairest year, and he was able to kick the ball forward. He was able to break free from contests. He can't break free from contests, so that's why his handball rate's so high. 
And if you're going to have a high handball rate, it's got to be creative handball. His handballs are all hot potato handballs, Mac. Uh, they're invariably out the back door. Um, and as I said, I saw him miss two or three. There was one in particular across half back, and I think it was the third quarter, where it was just a simple handball and it went to the guy's feet and it resulted in a turnover. So his best is good enough, right? And I don't mind having Matt Crouch in as a cold face player if he's fully fit. But anything other than fully fit, we've got kids in the wings. And I'll refer again to Sam Berry, who can play that position, be more dynamic. And eventually, we're going to have to move on from Matt Crouch. We're not, he's, he's not even in our top half a dozen play players on the list anymore. He doesn't warrant first-choice selection, in my opinion. Um, well, I think that he will eventually be replaced, and I think the the, the people that uh, you're talking about in, are in line to replace him. It's just a matter of which one. Um, there's a couple there that are, that are vying for that spot, and I think when they play well, then they should come straight in and take his but that, play. But, but, but this this is my point, Mac. We've had those lads playing in those positions last year when Matt Crouch wasn't playing. And what happens, the first opportunity that we've got to play Matt Crouch, even at the back end of last season when he was half fit, we still tried to play him. Right? We seem to want to play Matt Crouch whenever there's any any shred of a possibility that he might be able to you know, crawl onto the park. That's not the way you play Matt Crouch. You play Matt Crouch when he's fully fit or you don't play him at all. Um, and the problem is exacerbated when you get Rory Sloan in there as well. Because Rory no longer has the opposite of uh, the ability to break free from tackles, break free from pressure. He's lost a yard. He that's not his strength anymore, and he shouldn't be being played there. Simple. Okay. Like, what did you think of Sloane's game? Uh, no, I know. I was. I think Slady's been given, uh, been treated very generously for the last couple of years. Mm. I mean, uh, I don't think he's uh, form even probably warrants being in the team most of the time. No, I, I'd agree with that. Um, between Crouch, between Matty Crouch and um, Rory Sloan, less than five hundred metres gain between them. That's not each. That's between them. So two of you, two of your mid- midfielders, your first picked. First start, first centre bounce midfielders contributed less than 500 metres worth of territory between them for the match in a game that was seesawing between defence and forward 50. It's horrible. Horrible. And I would say that neither of those players were instrumental in getting us back into the game in the third quarter. Nope. Had nothing to do with Sloan or Matty Crouch. Sloan was hardly cited at all in that third quarter. Now, I'm not saying that Sloan shouldn't be in the team. He's got some attributes that make him a worthwhile choice, but he he doesn't need to be part of that centre rotation any longer. You know, play him as a hit-up half-forward, play him as a running half-back. Play him on the wing. I don't even even think he's good enough for the wing. I don't think he's quick enough for the wing. He would have been better than Saligo was. Well, yeah, I, I thought Jake got set up to fail a little bit. But anyway, we'll get to him. Um, and I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I just, un, until Adelaide selection panel lose this love affair 
with their senior midfielders that, let's face it, have not made the most of their opportunities during the course of their careers, it's time to move on. And until the the match committee at Adelaide realise that and have the agates, when Rory says, no, I'm playing middle, to say, well, actually, Rory, you're not, then we're going to see ourselves get continually burnt by quick midfields. Um, and look, Fremantle were down, no Nat Fife. Like they, they were yep. short on midfield rotations this week. They should have been absolutely buggered by the end of it, and yet they were still laying tackles on Matt Crouch and Rory Sloan because Rory Sloan and Matt Crouch just aren't midfielders anymore. Matty Crouch can be a cold-faced midfielder, but Sloaney definitely isn't, and we can't have them both. And I worry what's going to happen when Lady gets back into the team. We're going to have Matt Crouch, Rory Sloan, and Rory Laird, for goodness sakes. It must be like... like as a mid- Mac, you used to play as a midfielder. Like, if you walked into the midfield and saw you were up against those three in your heyday, would you rub your hands together? I certainly would. No, you'd be laughing. I mean, seriously. Of course you would. You just need You have to have a breakaway midfielder. You just have to have a breakaway midfielder. One that's got the pace that you can have. You can have two workhorses in there as long as they feed the breakaway midfielder. Hmm. But we haven't got a breakaway midfielder. Well, we do. But we don't play them. Well, we, well, we didn't have one. So, yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that. I've made my point there. Um, Harry Schomburg, unfortunately, had a stinker, in my opinion. Um, got a bit of the ball, but just absolutely destroyed it. Uh, <laughs> 12 kicks, never 11 handballs. Never seen him kick so badly. Oh, man. Uh, and you know how much I like Harry, but uh, let's call a spade yeah. a bloody shovel. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Jesus! Wow! It was it was a it was a broken shovel. Wow, Harry! What yeah, are you doing? I'm I'm like you. I was actually quite excited to see him, and like he would get the ball, and he was actually doing some nice proactive stuff. But how mm-hmm. many out in the falls did he have? Like three. It was unbelievable. Let's see what his disposal efficiency was. Uh, Harry, where are you? Disposal efficiency fifty two percent. My goodness me. Um. Yeah, not good. I think that's uh, being generous. Six inside 50s, that's the thing. He gets the ball, right? Six inside 50, second only to uh, Benny Keys in terms of getting it inside 50, uh, but not with any method. Uh, six score involvements, um, eight contested possessions, 15. You know, a, a lot of what Harry did was good, but he undid most of it with some shocking disposal. Um, as we mentioned before, Lockie Scholl had an influence when he came on the ground, 23 touches, 13 and 10. Um, got on the outside very well, took nine marks, all uncontested. Um, did exactly what you want Lockie Scholl to do. Um, three inside 50s, three score involvements, um, uh, 10 contested positions, which is good. So Lockie, it was a good game from him and probably showed the selection, selection committee that they made a mistake. Well, he certainly did, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he played very, very well. He'll be, he should be in the side next week. Oh, no doubt. Now, uh, before we continue, I'd like to invite this person onto the stage. Um, Lonely. Um, Yep, there you go. Now, this is Lonely Ashoka, and he was the inaugural winner on Tuesday of our home ticket giveaway and um, sent me through some nice pictures, which I'll chuck up on socials during the week. Uh, Mate, how was it apart from the result? 
testing, testing. Yeah, you're all good. Bit louder though. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I lost my earphones during the game. <laughs> oh, you lost your earphones <laughs> during the game. <laughs> How was it, yeah, mate? It was right? Amazing, guys. It was amazing being at the game for the first time. The crowd was like really loud. I was um I was at the front of the eastern stand. Yep. And yeah, the, the crowd was going crazy, especially when Rochelle was kicking goals. That was probably only good part of the game was Rochelle just carrying the team, which is yeah. kind of scary because I, I look at him as someone my age. Yeah. Yeah. No, I um I saw the video that to you um sent me. Uh, was that after a Rochelle goal? Uh, that was a case kick right at the end when we thought it. When uh-huh. from where we were sitting, we didn't know that it didn't go over the whole line, so everyone was going crazy. Then we realised it didn't go over. Oh no! Uh, well, look, mate, I'm glad you enjoyed um, the tickets, and um, uh, thanks for popping on. I'll pop you back into the into the crowd there but uh good on you and thanks for your support uh with the crowcast and don't forget every home match this year we'll be giving away two general admission passes nikki and maka and you guys aren't eligible so don't enter anything <laughs> i i think i'm good you're right yeah i'm right all right very good all right let's move on um now probably the m- most in, in my opinion the most influential player on the on the ground uh, James Rowe and James Rowe cops are hiding from people and often rightly so because he's not your modern day footballer but in terms of footy smarts and in terms of effort um, and in terms of doing the right things at the right time uh, there's not many better in our team at the moment 21 touches from uh, a small forward is very good 10 and 11 uh, four marks two tackles one clearance uh, one goal assist, uh, he had three inside 50s, uh, nine score involvements and uh, seven contested possessions to go with his 13 uncontested possessions. Uh, to my way of thinking, most influential player, when it mattered, when we were getting ourselves back in the game, instrumental in us getting back in the game, I thought. Loved his game. Absolutely loved it. I've, as you said, um he actually, when he got the ball, he looked like he was thinking every time he, when he had the, had the ball and tried to doing something with it. Um, and uh, he, I think he kicked a couple himself, but he was also responsible ultimately for several other goals. I just thought he had a big influence on the game. Yeah. Agree. Um, it was just like the way, even when he was holding the ball up, you knew why he was holding it up. And there were a couple where there were turnovers and he rightly had to go at everybody else because he'd signal at them, run at me. Yes. And they just wouldn't do it. And um, so he was trying to be so proactive um, with a lot of the stuff he was doing. And yet, and some of that pass to Rochelle was just beautiful. And Saligno actually, the, the tap to him um, and then that pass to Rochelle was actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, loved his game. Um, Brody Smith was kind of in and out of the game uh, all match. Uh, didn't really have a huge influence, I didn't think, um, but did a couple of nice things. And as I mentioned, that smother that he put on, um, one of the better smothers I've ever seen. He came from the nowhere to put that smother on. And at that stage, 
it looked like a game um, saving smother. So uh, good to see that. Geordie Dawson settled in as the game wore on and looked far better behind the ball um, in the second half. Um, so it'll be good to see him develop. I'm not 100% sold that he's a midfielder. Um, I can see him playing a bit higher up on the wing, but uh, I don't think he's a midfielder. And uh, again, uh, we don't want to set these kids up to fail. Uh, he made his name across half back and wing for Sydney. That's where he needs to play. Um, 12 kicks, 5 handballs, uh, 6 marks. And uh, uh, his passing out of defence, a couple of his kickouts and a couple of his spot-ups out of defence were delicious. And uh, we need more of that coming out of defence. Uh, so I thought his second half was quite good. Um, today was quiet. Jones was quiet. Luke Brown was quiet. Um, Mitch Hinge, no, we kept uh, He, he kept sorry. Waters quiet. Yeah, yeah actually, and he I guess did. That's his he, job. He, he actually blanketed Oh, he blanketed him beautifully, and there was a, he did a couple of other nice things as well. Um, for me, Brown was an honourable mention. Yep, I agree. Okay. All righty. Uh, Mitch Hinge, I thought, was played out of position, as I mentioned, but did a couple of nice things. Miller looked hopefully, hopelessly out of touch. Uh, I'll skip Josh for a minute. Nick Murray... Um, I think he actually got... Uh, Nicky, correct me if I'm wrong. He got moved on to Lob after Lob looked like he was going to kick 15 yeah. on us. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and thought he did pretty well, Murray. Although uh, Lob's opportunity started to dry up after that fast start. But um, Geordie looked a little bit out of sorts today and I thought Nick did a very good job. And I think that's the benefit of having Butts and Murray um, in defence. Murray is probably a little bit more... Um, aggressive in the air um so as long as as long as he can make position he's got reasonably good agility and good speed so he gets a lot of contests and he's he's for his height he's quite aggressive in the air um whereas geordie can yeah. be a little bit passive at times geordie plays very close and is a good blanketer but at times can get done in the air because he's just not quite strong enough um so i think they complement themselves really well yeah, I, I actually liked when I saw the team. I actually liked mostly the setup of the back line. I thought that was actually quite good. Um, and you're right about that combination between with Murray and um, and Buzz. And what people actually forget is that speed Murray has. I mean, a couple of times he closed. I'm trying to remember his name of uh, 41, who's quite fast as well. Murray had him done a number of times and mm. absolutely blanketed him, um, yeah. which I think that surprised him. So. To me, he's um, a great addition to our back line. Yeah, I agree with you, Nick. He, he, he has got a surprising good speed uh, for a guy of his size, and he's certainly not frightened to risk his body. Um, he goes in very hard. And I he's like got his detractors. He's got his detractors, Nick Murray. Now, I don't quite know why, because to me, he's an everyman footballer. He's just a rugged, solid, aggressive um, player who gives his best, and um, often his best is is good enough, so I don't know what the knock is. Um, in my opinion, an upgrade on Kyle Hardigan, um, you know, uh, who he's basically come in for. So, uh, yeah, I can't quite understand that one. Um, Nemec Henry, in and out, uh, tried hard. You're always going to get an effort from Ned. Um, probably I, need I to think s- for me, in that first quarter, when we were getting absolutely done, he was the one who had that energy and was still... Um, trying quite a bit, and I thought the the couple of goals that we did get were the 
it was kind of his pressure and his energy that helped. Actually, I agree with you, Nicky. I, I think that um, his stats don't truly reflect the uh, his influence on the game because he actually he, he put a lot of pressure on and he, he's prepared to uh, risk his body all the time. I mean, it's just it'll just go in where angels fear to tread. Um, I don't know whether he makes he doesn't make the best players, but he certainly uh, he his game at least he could walk off the off the ground and say I gave a hundred percent. I don't think there'd be many games where he couldn't say that. That's the one thing you could never yeah. fault with Ned. Um, and we got it again today. I just felt like some of his finishing probably... He probably didn't hurt the opposition with ball in hand as much as he can. Um, mm. So I just feel like at times he just lays off a little bit. It's as if he thinks his job is to hassle and get the ball and then just lay it off to somebody else. And I think he needs to actually take the game on a little bit more with ball in hand at times. Um, because what it can result in is one too many possessions and um, you look, kind of lose your momentum, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, Riley O'Brien was poor, I felt, um, uh-huh. and should be coming under selection hate, in my opinion. Yeah, look, he, he always has trouble if somebody's got a, a long arm. And look, I think he got beaten for, for the number of taps. Um, I'm not sure how... It went when we talk about uh, taps to advantage, but um, I think in just straight number of taps, I think he got beaten. Um, he got flogged. I, yeah, I, I didn't like his game at all, to be honest. I didn't. Yep. Um, yeah, we we put this way, we we try to get a, a team of elite players together, and he's a tradesman, um, and a tradesman that's not a very good one. Yep, agree. Mac, um, if if Riley's going to lose the ruck, he's got to win around the ground, and I felt like he didn't have enough influence around the ground. Um, he didn't like he took one or two marks, but really, if he, if he's going to lose and lose so decisively in his tap work, then he's got to make up for it in other areas. And I I just felt like he was not playing with a huge amount of energy today, Riley O'Brien. Uh, Andy McPherson went off uh, with the sub. Um, not quite sure what the problem was there. Um, hamstring. But hamstring was it? Didn't have a big influence on the game prior to that. He was atrocious. He, he was. was yeah, he was. He was absolutely atrocious. Was Up getting. His, he Up was. Yep, and he was getting his ass kicked. I'm. Te- I was tempted. At halftime, I actually turned to my dad and said, I'm tempted to put him in the best players because him going off and Shoal coming on was the difference. Well, actually made a big advantage to the side. It really did, him getting injured. He was was absolutely terrible. The the problem with McPherson is is his best isn't bad, but his worst is really, really bad. When he plays badly, he plays really, really badly. Um, And and I think... um, I think eventually he's going to be squeezed out um, by someone like a Mitch Hinge or even a, a, a Hamill if Hamill comes back in or even a Miller off halfback, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think at this stage Andrew McPherson's best 22 for us. Well, uh, I, was, I was very surprised he was picked because of how poorly he actually played in the game against Port. Yeah, he had a shocker who, there too. Who, who, who were we going to... Who who are we going to play in that role? Oh, I don't know. It shouldn't have been him. Yeah. Uh, no, I like, 
I think uh, you put uh, Hinge back and you bring somebody else into the week. Well, that's that. Well, that's what I would do. I'd play Hinge in McPherson's spot and put Lockie on the wing. And we looked better with that kind of arrangement, whether it was Hinge back or Dawson back. We look better. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think Andy's best 22 for us, certainly on not current form. Uh, Darcy Fogarty, I thought, uh, played with a lot of energy, um, tried to impose himself. Uh, we weren't lowering our eyes very well into 450, no. but surprise, surprise, when we did, he was often on the end of it, him and, and um, Joshua Shelley. Um, so, yeah. look, I wasn't disappointed with Darcy's game. I didn't think our midfield gave our forwards much opportunity at all and he made the best of what he got, in my opinion. No, I, I, and that's... Okay, so... Ooh, someone's, got, someone's got a mic issue. Me? Okay. Because um, one of the things, particularly in that... And no, towards the... No, 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 no. There's a cable rubbing on something or something going on there. It shouldn't be because I've got the headset. Oh, something's happening. If I turn yeah, this way, is that better? Yep. It was the you fan. You've got a fan going, <laughs> haven't you? Yeah. I've got a fan going, so I'll, t- I'll I turn had to away. I've turn my fan um, off for that very reason. <laughs> it's warm in my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were absolutely ropeable um, at the lack of movement from Himmelberg and Rob. At one stage, they were not, they did not want to move forward when we had the ball just outside defensive 50. They were just outside the forward 50. They would not come up. They would not move. They were leaving that space to be blocked up by Frio and for our smaller players to try and beat the markers. Well, how how many times did we see the ball get kicked down the line? and our tall target about three metres off the back and leaving it to, like, a Nettie McHenry or someone like that to actually compete in the air because our bloke just wasn't there. Yeah. Completely. Himmelberg was an absolute bloody shocker, absolute shocker. I've got no time. See, I I, I disagree. I disagree. I just don't think he works hard enough. No, he wasn't, and he would. Well, the reason is he still was piss poor, and uh, you know if you can't keep playing a guy that, that whether it's not whether he hasn't got the ability or whether he doesn't put in a hundred percent, you just can't play him. I mean, I, I'd rather see a Lockie Gallant there who you know is going to give a hundred percent, and he he's got a few tricks up his sleeve. I think he would have done a lot better. Yeah, Gallant can actually mark him. If they're um, going to if they're going to persist with this configuration, sorry, Nick. If they're going to persist with this configuration, then Elliot's going to have to pull his finger out. Otherwise, they're going to have to start playing with two lead-up forwards and playing in a V formation, um, and that's going to have to be a lucky Gallant. And um, you know, maybe even a, maybe that's where Sloan comes off a half forward line to be a marking target. Um, yeah. But if they're going to play with Riley and Elliot as two bigs with Darcy leading up. Then Elliot has to play. In my opinion, Elliot played far too deep today, um, and he needed to be up high to open up the forward line for 
um, Tilthorpe and, and Fogarty to work around in. Having Elliot deep in, in forward 50 just clogged it up and it meant that we were a target short on transition, particularly when we were transitioning under pressure. Yeah, and when there was a chance of them getting to a contest and they probably weren't going to mark it, but they could have gotten to the contest for both him and Tilthorpe, they both gave up. They wouldn't do it. They would not use their bodies to actually crash and actually use that pressure. Um, to me, that was what was very disappointing about our forward line was those two and that lack of intensity that just seemed to be there. I can forgive Riley a little bit, but he needs to he's, – he's got a very laconic style anyhow. He yeah. has, he's, and it's misleading. It's a bit like Mark Ward batting, I reckon. Yeah. Half the time you think he's not trying because he's got that yeah. laconic style. Because he's got that laconic style. But there were moments where he could have made the contest, but he chose to slow down and I'll just stand the mark instead. Mm. I agree, Nick. Um, Surf Dolls in the chat says our bigs lost us the game. You've got to be absolutely kidding, don't you? What cost us the game was our midfield, and I said yep. in the first half, try being a forward to that midfield with that rubbish coming in. And because in the f- first half in particular, the ball coming in was just that high bomb to 45 metres out and get underneath it and good luck. And as soon as we started lowering the eyes in the third quarter, we started to get results. I still maintain, and I will accept what you're saying about Himmelberg and Thilthorpe to a degree. But I still say that until we get our ball movement right and until we're getting getting hard-working two-way running midfielders in the team, our forward is going to look pedestrian because they're just not getting good service. As simple as that. Yeah, Rochelle did did okay in the forward line, Surf Soz, because he's playing at ground level. Try Try being a marking forward with that rubbish coming in. Precisely. I would like to have seen, um, uh, between Philthorpe and uh, Himmelberg, they would like to have seen contest a little bit better at times. Uh, I thought Berg actually contested really strongly, Macca. I thought when the he ball got- was in, coming into his area, he crashed a few packs. I don't think his... I think the, the knock on Himmelberg is that he doesn't get to enough contests. He doesn't work hard enough to no. get to enough contests. I think when he's is, in the frame, he contests very well. And there, there, was, there was one moment, there was him and I think a couple of the smalls, and they were they kind of kept that ball in the area, and they were chasing tail a little bit, but there was some great forward pressure. But then by about after about two contests, he started to – he slacked off a little bit, and that's when Freo were able to get out. Um, he just – he seemed to lack um, some fitness, um, which, if that's the case, he shouldn't have been picked. Well, there's no way that Himmelberg should be lacking fitness now. If he's lacking fitness, that's a reflection on his professionalism. Uh, yeah. Because he's had enough that's years not- on our list. Um, and I don't. What disappoints me is that Himmelberg doesn't make enough contests. Um, I'd see all the all the crap going on in chat there about. He's not this or he's not that. I remember we had Matt Robin in our team 
you know, during a very successful period and he didn't take a lot of marks either, but he straightened us up. And that's what I want Himmelberg to be, a target. Unfortunately, at the moment, Himmelberg's not offering a target often enough. He's always two or three steps behind the drop zone. On transition, he's not play- in my opinion, he's not playing high enough. Um, yep. And we end up having two tools stuck 30 metres out from goal and the ball getting turned over at 50. So yep. Himmelberg has to push up higher, higher up the ground and allow Thilthorpe and Fogarty to provide a point of difference at the goal face, in my opinion. That's my opinion. Yeah, and, and Falk was the one who was doing that more, that lead-up, and was being around the wing area when it should should have been Himmelberg. Yeah, Firewalker in the chat says, not fit to be in the same room as Robin. You're absolutely right. But if he made more contests, he absolutely would be because Robin dropped more marks than he took probably on a two-to-one ratio. But he made contests and he straightened us up, and that's what we need Himmelberg to do. We need him to be able to make a consistent contest to take advantage of our small players. And at the moment, yeah. the, my knock on Himmelberg is that he doesn't make enough contests. Yeah, just, just to make sure that the opposition opponent doesn't mark it and he can get it to ground to give Correct. your smalls a chance. Correct. 100%, mate. Anyway, we've spent enough time on that. Let's uh, finish off by talking about the debutantes. Uh, Jake Saligo or Sligo, I thought, underdone. Not sure why he was selected. Not the kid's fault. Um, looks too light to me. Um, needs needs a half a season in the twos, I think. Be a good player in time, I think. I think uh, you know, the coach loved him already because there's a lot of uh, factors in the way that he plays his game, but yep. he's not quite ready, ready yet to uh, play at this level, and you're quite right, Sveda. I think... You know, give her a uh, half a season in the twos and, he, it would, and then let him come in and he might be a very handy player. Uh, I think long-term he'll be a good player for us. Yep. But, uh, I think I, he's got good attributes. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought he did some really some nice little things, but he wasn't in the play a lot. No. Um, pretty much played just on the wing, came in always at the, the halfway point and he just played that middle rotation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there, there was does, enough there to say that's a footballer. How does a kid like that get a run? And not, this is not a knock on Jakey Saligo because it's not his fault he got picked. But how does a kid like that get a run and Lucky Glant can't get a run? Uh, strange. Yeah, or Cook. Braden Cook can't get a run. Oh. Sam Berry can't get a run. Luke Pedler can't on get the a wing. run. Why, why, why are we not having Cook on the wing? I love that kid. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, That's the question I'm asking. <laughs> I think there's three names there. There's Cook and there's Berry and there's Pedler. Those three, I think, are yeah, they're yeah. definitely part of our future. And I know I've gone on about selection, so I won't crap on about it, but how those three are out and those other three are in, I've got no idea. Anyway, but let's finish on a high because – and uh, Tommy on bloody Discord loves telling me that I wasn't real keen on Joshua Shelley when we drafted him at six, um, and I'm happy to put put up my hand up there. But by God, this kid can play! <laughs> what a, what <laughs> oh, a beauty! Can he play? What a beauty! He is a ripper. No, he he's a he's a drafting coup. And he really is because uh, to get a quality player like him at six, you think like somebody who plays as well as him should have gone earlier. And it's just the way that somebody. Fortunately, there were two big tools that uh, 
were taken before him. Otherwise, we would have missed out. But uh, now, to- now, Tommy on chat because I see he's in chat. That's all we're going to say on the matter, right? I've eaten my humble <laughs> pie. That's all I'm going to say. I'm still. It was very I'm still, tasty pie. I'm I'm still hanging on the outcome of the Thilthorpe McDonald debate, which I don't think has been settled yet. Uh, but I'm happy to eat humble pie on um, on Rochelle on the basis that we couldn't get Jason Horn Francis. Um, but oh my goodness me! And do you know what? For all for all the things that Josh Rochelle did today, there was one little thing, and I'm going to highlight it on Tuesday Night Live. I didn't have time to cut up the footage for this show, um, but there was one little run into the forward line where the ball's um, in dispute, and he's run into the contest. And just as the Frio player was about to bend it down and pick it up, Josh Rochelle's given a little tap of the ball with the outside of his left foot it was a soccer move and oh, yeah, it was absolutely oh, yeah. spot on and out of everything that josh did today it was that little thing that i thought oh, you've got something yeah. about you that one because it, it it nutmegged him and it got the ball clear and I, I can't remember whether we got a goal out of it or not i, th- oh, I think that might have been in the lead up to Brady smith's left foot goal actually yeah, I think it was. I think it was, and it was just Rochelle being able to get that ball out of congestion just with a little outside tap of his left foot. I thought, oh, that's classy. So really happy for the lad. Um, fantastic start to his Adelaide career. Obviously is going to be a crowd fight favourite and obviously is going to love the atmosphere of Adelaide Oval. Um, he does already. You know, uh, and... Probably, you know, clearly never played in that sort of environment before. Um, but you, you hope that it doesn't take Josh too long to build up enough of an engine and enough physical strength to be able to play through the midfield because I think he's a dead set midfielder uh, with forward tricks. Um, and I would hate yeah. to see his career spent as a small forward because I think he's so much better than that. Well, the, the interesting thing was a number of times that some senior Frio defenders were trying to push him under the ball and they couldn't do it. No. He's very solid. He's very strong in the contest. And for a kid that's only 18 to have that body already and that nous to do that against a very experienced senior defenders. Very very good that- comparison in the chat. Sorry, Nick. Very good comparison in the chat. So I was uh, compared here to Robbie Gray. Yeah. Spot on, spot on comparison, in my mm. opinion. And, and that's what we're missing from our midfielders. We're missing those goal-kicking midfielders. Yeah, and blokes that can take a quick step, that have a little bit of that Larry skill, you know, that can do the little taps and little knock-ons and little toe pokes and all the rest of it, little side steps, all that sort of stuff, and that's what Rochelle's got. So, you know, uh, I look forward to watching him play in Adelaide Colours for... The next however many games, uh, hopefully 250 of them, um, because he's going to be a dead set legend and a good a good shout by the Adelaide recruiting uh, crew to uh, target him after Horn Francis was effectively off the table. They did mention, I think, earlier in the week that the players, every player who's worn number 12 has gone on to be a life member of the football club. He's not wearing 12, is he? Yeah, is he, he a 12? I thought he was yeah, wearing I thought he eight. Was 12. No, he's wearing 12. Oh, no, he's eight. Eight, no, eight. eight. eight for Shelley. 
Are you talking about Michelle? Yeah, Michelle. Are you with us, Maka? You still here with us? You're right. I was actually doing my best players, I had, and I just wrote down <laughs> Dawson as a <laughs> Yeah, Corvus Dawson. <laughs> that's what happened there. But, uh, All right. So that's it for the uh, tale of the tape. Now, um, before I throw to you guys for your 54321, um, on Twitter over the next couple of days, um, if you want to put in your 54321s, or if you want to do it on Discord, uh, then I will uh, chuck those in um, and we will be having a people's choice, best and fairest, and a smart person's best and fairest, which is you, me, and Nikki, Matt, uh, and see how, close, <laughs> see how close we get between them. All right. Nick, show me the money. What do you got? Five to one. Start with number one. Five? Oh, for one point? Yeah. Uh, keys? Right. Keys. Hang on. Oh, shit. Hang on. Oh, it's all right. I can watch the replay. Keys, yeah. <laughs> uh, then I went Smith. Right. That's Rowe. two points to Smith, three points to Rowe. Four to Rochelle. Four to Rochelle. But five to Shoal because, to me, he was the difference. Five to Shoal. Abs- okay. Absolute difference coming on. Thank you. Maka? Um, I'll start at you want to say the one or the five? Start at the one. Uh, the one. I'm I'm giving Dawson one. Right. Uh, I'm giving Shoal two. Right. Um, I'm giving Roe uh, three. Right. I'm giving Rochelle four. And I'm giving right. Keys five. Keys five. Okay. And I'm with Dithering whether to get Murray in there somewhere or not, but uh, oh, that's why I've gone. Yeah, well, I've actually given Murray one point because I felt like he uh, quietened Rory Lobb down after Lobb looked like he was going to take us apart. So I thought that deserved a point. Uh, I've given two points to, um, where is he, uh, Brody Smith, because I felt like even though he was in and out of the game, he did some really good stuff, and that defensive work in the end was worthy of a couple of votes. Three votes to Lockie Scholl. Four votes to Jimmy Rowe. And five votes to Joshua Shelley. I don't think he kicked that many goals on debut and basically almost won no, the game true. off your own, own boot uh, without getting the fiver. So they're my five. Um and uh, Nikki, there's a Nikki in chat, right? And I'm not going to expose who Nikki is other than to say I know Nikki. And Nikki, get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name. Yeah. I was going to say, um, so Swamp Thing on Twitter actually pointed out that since 2003, only three players have kicked five goals on debut and two of them play for the Adelaide Football Club. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So if you're if you're listening in and you want to put in your people's choice votes five to one, chuck them in the uh, chat during the week. Uh, no rush, but just uh, before the next game would be great. Uh, and we'll keep a tally. Uh, also, if you're on Twitter and you want to put in your votes on Twitter, do that, and I'll uh, round them all up as we go through. All right. So that's that. Um, sorry, go on, Nat, Matt. One question: You never gave keys a vote at all. No. Gee, harsh. Yep. 
Come at me. I tried to go for players, fight, Macca, that fight. were... I, 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 thought no. his work, I thought his work ethic was outstanding. And, um, yeah. that, I tried uh, to go with did... blokes... Yeah, you've already made your votes. You're questioning my votes. And all I'm saying yeah. is that I tried to go for blokes to influence the game, and I felt those... Keys had a lot of the ball, and he did a lot of stuff, but... Um, at the end of the day, I felt that pl- I just went for blokes that I felt influenced the game at key points. No, and that's fair enough because everybody looked through different sets of eyes. So uh, thanks, that's the way thanks, we speak. Thanks, mate. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, nearly at the end of the show. Thanks to everyone who has stuck around. Uh, we've had a really good audience tonight. Don't forget, we're still interactive. So if anyone wants to have a crack, uh, you've got a few minutes left before the end. But in the meantime. Without the music, Nikki, I'm terribly sorry. I and know. Mac- I sit here and, like, bounce along to it. And, Maka, let me just remind you that you've already had your segment today, so just relax. It's Nikki's cockwombling nana of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't done this, what, two years? <laughs> two years, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, we've we've missed it. But mind you, I kind of haven't wanted to watch any other football apart from our games for two years. So, you know, fair point. Um, yep. So for me and for those of you who are new, don't know what this is, it's an award for um, somebody who's done something particularly stupid in the AFL um, and generally makes us laugh. Uh, for a while there, it was when they made us quite angry. <laughs> so Correct. the um, umpiring department, etc., got a lot. But for me, I actually think it's got to be Danaher for taking an absolute ripper of a mark, 20 metres out in front, and handballing it, and the siren goes. That's it. Is that your cock wumbling number of the week? I, I reckon that one gets, because that one was, you know, funny and a bit stupid. Would you have so, any other nominations? I'm Easy thinking one. Tom Morris. <laughs> uh, no, Luke that Beveridge? did not make me laugh. Well, you start off nominating Luke Beveridge, then you nominate Luke Tom Morris. Tom Morris? No, uh, the can- they're not. The can- cancel culture in general? Let, let, can I nominate are, are cancel culture? Words, there are other words that is not a cock wobbling numbnut that I would use towards. All right, Nikki, Definitely I'm going to cause some late controversy and then I'm going to ask this other Nikki that apparently I know to come on. <laughs> when 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 we actually analyse what Tom Morris said about that young lady, wasn't he just saying that she was good looking but she's off the market? It's the terminology that was used is inappropriate. Um, and it's not just that. Uh, there was also a second recording. Uh, which but he didn't make those comments publicly. Which, which also, no, which also displayed um, homophobic and racist comments. No. That's what, but, but he that's, but he that's what did he, he mean. Didn't, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, all right? Um, he didn't make those comments publicly. Doesn't matter. Well, yes, it does. You can't well, tell me that. that you've not had a few drinks and said something that, in the cool, hard light of day, you would have thought, geez, I'm glad I didn't say that in public. That's my yeah. life. <laughs> That's I you every not. week on this show, Mac. I, I, I certainly not. have. 
Oh, come on, Nikki. You know, Angel. No. No, everyone no, has. I everyone has. No, because I can't drink, so I've never been drunk. Oh, well, all right, even without the drink then. Everyone said some stuff that they regret. Everyone said stuff in, in confidence. Yeah, I haven't. I, I, I haven't. I, no, I haven't said homophobic or racist shit. No, but you might have said some other stuff. Um, you know, you go into the footy club, into any footy club locker room, male or female, and you will hear that sort of stuff. I pulled something off Twitter after the Collingwood game that referred to a spit roast and a couple of Dacos players, and that comment was made by a woman, and she yes. was being applauded and agreed with. How is that any different to what Tom Morris said? I was, yeah, I was amazed at that, Dean. I was amazed. And, and uh, people who have said stuff on social media, uh, when their employers have found out, they've also lost their jobs. He didn't say it on social media. No, he said it amongst a good, he, he yeah. said it amongst a group of friends, quote unquote friends, and someone has sat on that recording for a couple of years and then been let off the leash and released it. Right. Now, I don't condone anything that Tom Morris said, but he's been absolutely stitched up. By this yeah. stitched up. I'm because in Dean's camp. I'm... Go on, mate. I was going to say that I know that in, in the days when I used to really hit the grog, um, if they played recordings back of the things I said <laughs> then, I, you know, they'd jail me. But, you know, um, but, you know, but nobody bothered to record my conversations. And um, when you're sober, you think, Jesus, did I really say that? Um, but um, with, with Tom Morris, it's a, it's a very strange situation that he had this situation of beverage um, getting in the poo and having to apologise for what he said to Morris, with some, and then immediately these recordings are released so that Morris was in the shit. Yeah, and, they, and they're they're trying, to sep trying to separate the two incidents and you can't tell me that one didn't precede the other, Matt. Well, I think that'll be a genuine Genuine stitch-up. Anyway, I don't want to belabor that because oh, we'll probably I, have that debate. I, I, and I want to make it I clear. I, I want to make it clear. I don't condone what Tom said. Um, and I feel terribly sorry for that um, young lady on Fox because I'm not sure whether her um, her um, status was publicly known or whatever, but it certainly is now, and that's something that she should have control over, not a third party. But yeah, I, I, I think completely agree with that. Yeah, but I think I think in in this context, the person who leaked the recording has just as much explaining to do in that regard because the person who leaked the recording is actually the person that took that control and that power away from her. It wasn't Tom. It was the person who leaked that recording. Yep. So I think we need to be really clear about that. In my, that's my opinion anyway. And yeah, let's not forget. There's, 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 no, there's no good parts to any of it. Let, let's not forget. Beverage has got form on this. Remember Michael Talia? Oh yeah, absolutely. Luke Beverage is a mean, it. nasty individual. Um, and I chucked something on YouTube that got a couple of views during the week. And if you want to go and see it, it's on our channel. Um, because I reckon Luke Beverage would tell a girl off delivering Girl Scouts cookies to his front door to nick off. 
I reckon he's a mean, spiteful uh, person with anger issues. That's just my opinion, based on nothing except what I've seen from him. And, uh, you know, there's lots of rumours swirling around about why Tom Boyd left that club, and they might be right, they might be wrong. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd like to play under Luke Beveridge. I I think I know um, we, we had a chat on, I think, Tuesday nights and sometimes on Sundays when Pete was on the cast. Um, I think he called him the most punchable face in football. Um, yeah. And, and he's, he he gets very petulant when he doesn't get his way. Um, and, oh, I absolutely agree. So, yes, those you you can say that Beveridge was in the wrong for what he did to Morris, but Morris was also um, well, the second recording was actually in public. the The first one wasn't. Was but in public, still, but it wasn't. It, it was in public, but it was. At a at a function or something, and yeah, he was absolutely still, right, royally drunk. Oh, oddly, but when you're drunk, that's often when yeah. <laughs> the brain filter but, disappears. It's what you generally. Well, think. that's true. That's true as well. That's true as well. And look, I got no love for Tom Morris. I think he's a muckraker, the same as a lot of the other, um, you know, footy journos around the place. Not all of them, but some of them. Um, ironically, some of the ones that have been having a crack at him. Um, yeah. So I've I've got no desire to defend Tom Morris at all, and I don't I'm not you know in agreement with the things that he said, um, and I feel terribly sorry, particularly for that lady um, from Fox, um, because she's an innocent victim in all of this. She's just the target, um, and she shouldn't have been subjected to all of that. Um, but I, I just that. The, the trouble with cancel culture, and God, I'm going to get on my soapbox for 10 seconds. In my opinion, Nikki, the trouble with cancel culture is that there's no shades of grey. It's black or white. And these these situations are always shades of grey. There's always nuance to it. And unfortunately, cancel culture, the way it is at the moment, doesn't allow for that granular discussion. You're either all in or you're all out, unfortunately. Well, to, to, to me it was interesting because I only heard about it later um and that was after it it seemed that it was was it actually leaked to fox first and they stood him down and then more no, no, people no, it was heard twitter. about it no no, no it yeah. was leaked on twitter no, it was on twitter okay yeah, yeah. but they, they did jump very quickly about it um but also the other thing to me was if you kind of want to see what the shades of gray are as you I'm um, talking about here, then go and look at the vast majority of the female sports journalists and their response. That's but, where I'm the, not going to go there. I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. That's a that's a can of worms that I'll lose my female. No, because no, because they look. were very. Nikki, Nikki, I will ask you something. Yeah, I will ask you something. What percentage of the female crowd that goes to the AFL every week go because they're nice hunky men running around in short shorts? And be honest. Be honest. Well, I think most of us actually started following football when we were little, and we fell in love with the game when we were little. Um, You haven't. You have. Come on. 
It's no, it's a bonus, but I love the game for the game. That's why I why played it. That's why I went to umpire. Um, mm-hmm. for for a lot of the like, I'm not my talking mother, about you. I'm talking about everyone. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the so the the road the people we sit with of us um, we're probably a, a split of fifty fifty between male and and female, um, and all of us were. We all went to the football when we were little. We were taken by our families. We fell in love with the I game. Understand, I understand all of that, but you'd be lying or you'd be naive, and I'm not calling you a lie, you'd be naive to think that a lot of women didn't get involved in AFL football because of hungry men in short shorts. Macca? Well, they don't uh, really wear short shorts no, anymore, so not really. No, I do think you're right. Obviously, there's a, there's a physical attraction, and you can tell that by... You know, when um, when you look on the arms of the footballers, you you know they could have a head like a mustard. And and, uh, but you know they've got a lovely woman on on their arm. We're really, we're really. I'm just going to say two more words on this. A lot of those actually don't go to the football. I'm just going to say two more words on this. Tony Modra, the end. All right, now I'm going to. He brought so many men through those gates. (laughs) Maybe. <laughs> Nikki. What? Not you, Nikki, the other oh. Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Hey. Um, so Nikki completely agree with your five. Um, I think if you're at the game it's a completely different vibe and rather than watching obviously rather than watching it on the TV, but you tend to notice more in terms of who is playing at, at their top co- competitive level. Um, so Nikki completely agree with you. Bevo should have been the uh, fool of the week or whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> well, he didn't make me laugh. It's cock wumbling <laughs> none of the week. Sorry? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes. Um, but also, like Nikki myself, I was brought up on SANFL football. So I went to football. I was following Melbourne before the Crows came into the AFL. And then the Crows came into the AFL. I was not about short shorts. I was always about the football. You're a rare yep. breed, Nikki, but I already knew that. Now get off the stage. I'll see, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> all right. So, Nikki, after all she can, that. She can be on board. Vote, I like her. No, nah, I'm banning her. Um, after all of that, Joe Danaher is your one wing number of the week. Yeah. Yeah, because he made me laugh. And, well, and that's, that's what, and that's and that's what the spirit of the award is. We're, just, we're supposed to poke a bit of fun at him. Very good. Very happy with that. All right, well, look, that brings us to the end, thankfully, <laughs> of the wrap. I'm not sure whether we'll be back next yep. week. Maybe, It'll maybe Nikki, shorter. this will be your. Maybe Nikki, this this will be your show next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> <laughs> look, thanks to everyone who joined us uh, today. Uh, very um, humbling, as always, to have such a good uh, following on uh, all our socials and also on Discord and our live channel on Sunday and Tuesday night. So don't forget, we're back on Tuesday night for Tuesday Night Live. If you want to uh, support us, patreon.com forward slash AFLcrowcast. Make sure you like and subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, don't forget, you can give us a review, which would be great, only if it's a good one, though. (laughs) And and most of all, Nikki and Macca, it's been fantastic to get the band back together. As you were saying, Nick, it was a very long uh, off-season, so it's great to be back on board for another, another year. 
Yeah, it certainly was. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and bring on the prelim. And Nikki was in very good voice tonight, and uh, particularly in that latter conversation here, which I uh, did choose to stay out. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> All right, on that note, I'm going. Catch you later, guys. All right. <laughs> Night all. Night all. <laughs>